0: Well, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. We're going to have a great week. Now, some of you guys are dieting this week to eat, right? How many of you guys are dieting so you can eat on Thursday? Be honest. Come on, we're in church. Yeah, I I diet a lot so I can eat. That's why I diet. But we're going to be continuing in our series Ingredients for successful living. And this week, we're going to have a lot of ingredients. Uh, One of the things we wanted to uh, remind us of, of of being this Thanksgiving week, is how thankful we should be to the Lord. And do not our children do a wonderful job at letting us know how thankful we should be to the Lord. That's your children. So we thank them. You know, there's uh, some transitions that we've been going through in our church also that uh, I've been letting you know in the past couple of weeks, and and just letting you know what's been going on, uh, one of the transitions that we've been doing is planting a church at Waikiki High School uh, come next year, and Pastor Stephen Rice will be planting a church, and so we're gearing up for that. Uh, also, Pastor Steve was the overseer of our uh, finances, and so in the process of going through the transitions, uh, I was praying, Lord, I don't I don't want to just find someone to replace. A position. I want to hear your voice in what you're doing in your church. And so as I was praying, I, I, I really felt God saying to really ask this person to pray and ask the Lord if they, they're going to be a part of the team. And, and so they prayed and they said yes. And this person will be the overseer of our resources. Uh, they'll be uh, uh, helping us to... Um, be good with our finances and and to uh, have order in that and organize that well uh, kind of like what pastor Steve was doing but uh, even much more than that and then also to assist our executive pastor with pastor Marcia Krieger and so I've asked pastor Pauline Spencer to join our staff come next year 2013 and she said absolutely so pastor Pauline Spencer would you come up to the stage please <laughs> Now, some of you know Pastor Pauline Spencer because she's been here. Then she served with our district, uh, with Pastor Alex, uh, for the past three years. And she's back on staff. And I'm so thankful that she said yes to the Lord. And we're just excited to see what the Lord is going to do through the ministry that that she'll be overseeing. Uh, I'm just so thankful and privileged to have Pastor Pauline come join our staff 2013. Thank you, Pastor Pauline. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Someone told me after first service, they said, Oh, good, now we can see nice shoes on stage. <laughs> Why, well, you don't like my black shoes? But I think the things that God is doing in our midst is unbelievable. Uh, I, watch, I watch how he, His hand is upon this church, His hand is moving in and through you, uh, especially for those that volunteer and those that are a part of what God is doing. Uh, Those of you who give and you say to the Lord, I'm trusting you with my finances for the movement that you're doing through this church. Use your gifts and your talents uh, for Him. And it's so that more people can come to know Him as Lord and Savior. We just had our women's ministry uh, uh, night together and they had just a great time with the women. And I'm seeing God uh, uh, raise up our women in the church as well as our men uh, to do the things that God has called us to do. We have a conference coming up uh, next year in January with one of our Four Square churches on Oahu, uh, Hope Chapel West Oahu with Pastor Mike Kai, and we wanted to just let you know that that's coming up and uh, one of our youth who grew up here uh, moved to Oahu um, some years ago and is now a part of Hope Chapel West Oahu and is a part of the conference team and she is just doing amazing things there at West Oahu and Uh, She came up today just to let you guys know about this conference, and she grew up here. Some of you uh, would remember her, some of you may not. But I'm going to ask Rachel Chantavong to come out because she's going to share a little bit. Can you just welcome Rachel this morning? So just, just share a little bit about um, Arise and the okay. Women's Conference.
1: Well, Arise Conference, this will be our third year doing the conference. And it is um, the 16th through the 18th. And it is just an awesome of time. Of January. Of yeah. January. Yes. Um, it's just an awesome time. I think um, what God is doing in our state and globally is awesome. And women, this is your time to stand up and arise in your role. And just um, be all that God has called you to be. Your purpose through him. And... Um, it's a great time to fellowship with other ladies. Right now, we have 700 women already signed up. So, it's an awesome time for churches to come together and um, fellowship with one another, get to know each other, and um, just be with one another as they grow in their walk with the Lord. So please come join us. This is just an awesome time. We are more than willing to help you out with homestays to minimize the cost because we know you're coming out our Island. Um, I know those tickets can get costly, but we just want to extend our hand, Hope Chapel West Oahu, to you, this church and to the women of this church um, to come and just make that sacrifice, come out. Out and you will be blessed beyond measure. And we have wonderful speakers coming, Lisa and John Bevere, who are international speakers who just are so powerful. They just speak to your heart. Like the Holy Spirit is just there, and it's just amazing. So come and join us.
0: Now, you're going to be outside at the Information Center. Yes. And so if you want to register, you can see Rachel outside after service at our... Uh, information center, and there's a group rate, so if 10 or more, which will happen, uh, there's a discount on that too. And I know the women are always looking for discounts, so we need 10 or more. Just imagine, as all of you go down, the plane ride over. That already is fun, so that'll be a great time. Uh, What would you say to the men of the church, because we have such supportive men in our church that uh, because their wives are going to be out of the house for three days and they might be with their children. How would that all work
1: <laughs> out? <laughs> well, I don't have children yet, but I definitely am married, and it uh, arise has begun probably a year after I got married, and it has done enormous things for my marriage it has allowed us to grow individually in our walk with the lord and realizing how that is so important until we grow with each other in our relationship together and my husband and i have learned um you know gone through some seasons that were rough and the rise ministry and what they're doing has allowed me to step up it's all also showed me Where my role is as a woman and as a wife, and I think that's something that I think a lot of women struggle with. You know, I'm very strong, and you know, I like to have control of things. And God has really spoken to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not the woman here. You know, just in a while. (laughs) But God has really spoken to me about what my lane is, and to walk in my lane, and to walk in the light He's given me. So, men, encourage your wives to go, get their friends to go, so we can get that group rate, Mm -hmm. and we just can't wait to just embrace you and um as you join with us in january
0: so i think uh, one thing that for the men when we encourage our wives we can present it two ways we can say honey i support you and boy it's going to be a great time let's plan for that or you can say you need to go (laughs) so just be cautious of how you present it okay we want (laughs) to encourage our women and uh and pray pray. Ask the Lord how this can happen because it is costly. And I know as far as economics go, it may it may be a, a price tag to it, but it's an investment. And I think what Rachel is saying is th- there's, there's not too much of a price that we can pay for our marriages to become stronger and for us to invest in the women and for them to arise and become everything that God made them to be. We have a, a short promo video we wanted to show you, but we want to thank Rachel for coming up from Oahu. Thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you. Thank you. I am so. Join my friend Lisa Kai and all of my sisters gathering for Arise 2013. I don't know if you have the sense I have. There is such an expectation. I really believe that we are in a season of harvest and that God is going to do things so quickly.
1: I am awed by how fast this group of women are growing. I believe God is doing a new thing in the islands and he is gathering his daughters so you don't want to miss it. Join us and be there. It's as if God is gathering an army of women who are committed to understanding their worth and their value and then committed to actually making a difference in their churches, in their cities, and around the world. It was a very um, empowering experience to
0: be surrounded by women who are ready and willing to do what God's asking. them to do. I just feel completely inspired and empowered. If you come expecting something from God, he
1: will meet you right there. And he met me. He met me. And I'm just so
0: blessed for being here. Good. So pray, ask God if you get to be a part of that. And we are continuing in our series, so you can take out your bulletin. And we're going to be talking about bringing peace into relationships. Now, we all want peace. We all want peace in our relationships. And the Bible is going to tell us how we can obtain that. We all look for peace and quiet, especially in our own homes. You know, we don't like coming home to a home that is chaotic. We don't like coming home to a place that is worse than the workplace. We like coming home to relax, to unwind. But sometimes we come home and we don't relax, we don't unwind. We get wound up and we don't relax because there's too many chaotic things happening. Now, wherever we are in our family, in our life, there's things that are going to happen that will rob us from having a peaceful relationship. And those things happen. The question is, how do we deal with that? How do we bring in peace into our relationships? How do we bring that because it's not just going to happen. Now, when we're at home, sometimes there's so many things pulling at us that we try to find a quiet place. We'll go to one room, to another. We'll, we'll lock ourselves in a room. We'll go outside. But, but people find us. The phone finds us. The email finds us. People text us. Somebody calls. And so we're always being pulled away from being at peace. And usually we find the most peaceful place in the restroom. That's the most peaceful place. And so if you're a mom and you have little ones, sometimes you just, ah, this is where I'm going to be. I'm locking the door. I'm going to be in here for 20 minutes. Just leave me alone. And it's like, that's the most peaceful place. But God doesn't want us to lock ourselves in the bathroom to find a peaceful place. He wants us to have a kind of peace that the world can never offer and a kind of peace that comes from the inside. But sometimes we look for peace on the outside, and we never find it. See, Jesus wants us to have peace, but not the kind of peace the world offers, nor the bathroom, but the kind of peace that can come from God. Now, this is not in your notes, but I want to read this to you that that comes from the words of Jesus. And he spoke this out of the book of John, chapter 14, verse 27, and you can write that down, or if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. John chapter 14, verse 27, Jesus speaks this, and he says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. He says, Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. In other words, he's saying, I'm going to be straight up with you. It's chaotic in the world. You will have troubles, you will have sorrows, there will be much tribulation in the world. But I have a peace when you are in tribulation. That whenever there's turmoil in your life, I have a kind of peace that the world can never offer. And he says, Be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. See, you cannot have peace in your relationships until you understand that God has a kind of peace that He wants to give. We cannot have peace in our relationships, true peace, unless we have peace with God. See, the word peace occurs 400 times in the Bible. Tell me God is not serious about peace. He even says it in the book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 18, and this is in your notes. And He says this, If it is possible... As far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Now, just because we may live at peace with everyone, does not mean that everyone will be at peace with us. We can do our very best to be at peace with people, but it doesn't mean that they're going to be at peace with us. And that's not what the Bible is saying. The Bible is not saying, well, you need to be at peace with everyone so that they become at peace with you. If you try to make everyone be at peace with you, you're going to die in this world. You can't make everyone like you. It's just that clear. That's what the Bible is saying. You you do your part in being at peace with everyone, and then it's up to God to do the rest and let Him take care of the, re- of the rest. See, bringing peace into our relationship doesn't mean that everyone gets along, that we have no problems that we're all going to hang out together, sitting around the campfire and singing worship songs together. He's saying, you do your part to be at peace with everyone because it's about the human soul, the heart of the person. And it says, if possible, as far as it depends on who? You. You. As far as it depends on you, there's a responsibility that it gives to us. And the Bible is going to show us that bringing peace into relationships is God's design and how He meant for us to live. And the Word of God will teach us to do that. You see, there's a, there's a joy that we chase after in the world, and it's exterior, but it's temporary. I was watching this uh, one mom trying to, uh, I guess trying to help her child be happy Because it was a a wedding, and this little child had to be doing something with the wedding, and so the child was getting fussy. And you know, when they get fussy, nothing satisfies them except an iPad or an iPhone or some toy like that. Well, they couldn't give it to the child because they're going to do the wedding, and I I think they're one of the the flower girl or armor bearer, one of uh, armor (laughs) bearer, ring bearer, one of them, and so they're going to get them going, but they're fussy. And they say, I don't want to go. And they're looking for somebody who has a phone or something. And the mom tries to distract them. Say, says, like, oh, what is that? A puppy? Hey, is that a puppy? Is that a puppy? And the kid is going, where? And so, temporarily, calm. And then when they saw there was no puppy, back to normal. I don't want to do this. Oh, what's that? Is that auntie? Is that auntie over there? That's auntie. Is that auntie? And then for a short moment, is that auntie? No, it's not auntie. Why are you going to do that? I don't want to do this. So, there's a temporary joy that the child had, but there was no inner peace. With God, He doesn't do things on the outside so that we have joy. He gives us inner peace to bring us Inner joy. And it's not temporary, it's eternal. You can write that in your first point. That'll help us to bring peace in our relationships, to understand that inner peace brings inner joy. You know, we're very good at telling people how they should live, we're great at doing that, especially as Christians. You know what the Word of God says? Jesus says, and then we line it out for them. But then when it comes to us, well, well, I don't know. if. And then someone, if they said the same thing we said to them, it's like we doubt. We're good at telling people what to do and giving them good advice. But when it comes to us, sometimes we need to hear our own advice. And sometimes we need to speak to our own soul and how we should live. In fact, Proverbs 4.22 tells us this. And it says, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your sight. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their body. That word health actually means healing or cure. So if there are things that are happening on the inside, really the cure for it is God's Word. That we incline our ear to Him in what He's saying so that He gives us this inner peace which brings inner joy. When He speaks to us, it brings a cure to our body. It does something to our soul. God's Word brings healing in the midst of your heart. You see, kids will drive us crazy. We've done that to our parents. Some of our parents have told us, they're only doing what you did to me. And some of them are proud of that. They're thankful that your kids give you a hard time because you gave them a hard time. It's like they're gloating years. But the kids drive us crazy, so we go to work. Then people drive us crazy at work. So we go out with our loved ones or our spouse. And then sometimes they drive us crazy. And so then we go to sleep. But we can't go to sleep because there's so many things to do. So we go to sleep crazy. And we wake up crazier. And we repeat the process every single day. And God is saying, hold on, you're, you're doing this for decades, for years. I want to give you a peace on the inside so that it brings you joy on the inside. That way you can live the life I intended you to live. Proverbs twelve twenty tells us, Deceit fills hearts that are plotting evil. Joy... "...fills hearts that are planning peace." And I never thought about it this way. But here, I want to ask you this question. Do you plan peace? Do you plan peace? Does anybody plan peace? How many of you guys plan what to wear? You put out your clothing or you iron it. You get your clothes ready. You plan for what you're going to wear. Just raise your hand. I just want to know. Yeah, many of us plan what we're going to wear... Not mentioning any gender, but some of you plan to the detail what you're going to wear. And if it doesn't match your shoes, forget it. For some reason, I'm not picking on any gender, but I'm just saying, some plan to the detail. And that's just clothing. How many of you guys plan vacations? You plan a vacation, you're going to go somewhere, you plan your vacation. Some of you put together an itinerary to your family, and you pass them out, and you say, this is what we're going to do, you email them, this is what we're going to do, and they're like, what, we didn't even go yet, and we're busy, but you plan your vacations, some of you plan your day, how many of you guys plan your day, be honest, you plan your day, some of you don't plan at all, how many of you guys just don't plan, you plan not to plan, that's your plan, you're like on plan D, there's no plan B, plan C, we just, you wake up, I'm plan D. But we all plan for something even not to plan. And God says you can actually plan peace. You can plan peace. See, how do you how do you plan peace though? How does that happen? Because do you write it down? Well, here's what the Bible says and you can write this in your second point, to pray, ask and give thanks. Those are three things to do to plan peace. To pray, to ask, And give thanks. See, we plan everything else. Might as well plan peace. Philippians 4, 6 tells us that. It says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by and supplication. So that's praying and asking with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all human comprehension, will guard your heart and your mind in? That's the whole deal. Jesus gives us a peace that will guard our hearts and our minds. Otherwise, what guards our hearts and our minds? That's why we have no peace in our relationships. We don't guard it with anything. We just let whatever come in. And we just let our minds go loose. But the Lord says, no, you pr- you pray and you ask. And you give thanks. Thanks. That's what Thanksgiving is all about. It's reminding us about peace. It's reminding us to give thanks to God that everything that he gives to us and that he does for us, we should be giving thanks. He wants us to have peace. That's the only thing that guards us from the pressures and the tribulations of life is the peace of God. See, when peace, when the peace of God guards my heart and mind. It it changes the very relationships that are the most difficult, the ones that give me the hardest times, because it's not the relationship that's the problem. The problem is I have no peace to guard my heart and my mind. And God says, "I I have a way. You pray, you ask, and you give me thanks. See, relationships don't just happen. Relationships are made. Meeting someone... May just happen. But relationships are made. You need to do something for a relationship. Relationships don't just happen. Marriages don't just thrive. You have to make it thrive. You have to do something about it to make it thrive. Sometimes we think, oh, we date, we date, we date. Okay, we're married, okay. We should be good. No. You must still date. You must still fall in love. Because you still need the peace to keep the relationship thriving. You still need the, the Word of God to keep your, your, your life going forward. See, when you make something, you plan for it. When you cook something, like this Thursday, you're going to make a, a whole bunch of food. Some of you guys will cook. Some of you guys will eat those eat the ones that, whoever, whatever they made. And you're going to plan. Some of you already bought your turkeys. Hopefully you did, because it takes three days to thaw out if you didn't know. (laughs) Just letting you know. But you plan for it. You plan. You do everything you can so that you will have a successful Thanksgiving meal. God says you can plan for peace. Jesus says it like this, Matthew 5, 9. He says, blessed are the peace makers for they shall be called sons of god did you know out of all the beatitudes found in Matthew chapter 5 this is the only beatitude that jesus says when you do this that you are a part of the family of god you can do all the other ones but this is the only one he says you are the you are a part of the family of god in other words those who are in the family of god are peacemakers they're the ones that make peace happen. They plan for it. They go out into the world and make peace happen. In their relationships, they plan for peace. They make sure that there's peace in the family. Not the peace that the world gives, as Jesus says. I, I, that's not the peace that I give. I leave you with my peace. And that's the peace that we want. See, this is this is the, the thought that should come to our mind. That if... If Jesus is saying that this is the only beatitude that makes us the family of God, then we should be the people who plan peace. But in order for us to plan peace, in order for us to even have peace, we must first be at peace with God. Because we can do the things that God asks us to do, but if we're not at peace with God, it's only going to be temporary. It's going to be a temporary fix in our marriage. It's going to be a temporary fix in our relationships, temporary fix with our friendships. It's going to be a temporary distraction or a a quick fix to distract us from really what's going on on the inside. If you're taking notes, you can write that in your third point, to be at peace with God. Be at peace with God. Sometimes we beat ourselves up over and over because of the things we don't do. Something that we did yesterday, something we did on the weekend, something we did last night, something we did this morning, something we said to someone. We beat ourselves up over and over, and for decades, we live with this. And that's not the peace of God. And sometimes we feel, yeah, but I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy to come before God, and, and you know, if, if you knew my life, then, then God wouldn't forgive me, He... He would he wouldn't he wouldn't want me as, as part of his family and, and so I I, I I need to suffer because I did this no 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 you don't need to suffer for what you did Jesus suffered for you and I he died on the cross for you and I for our sins not for us to keep sinning but for us to repent so he died for us so that we don't keep beating ourselves up over and over He died so that we can learn from it, repent, turn away from it, and head in His direction. That's what it means to be at peace with God. That we say, God, I understand that You gave me Your Son, Jesus Christ, to die for my sins, so now I'm at peace with You. Because there was a broken relationship, but now I have a relationship with You. And it starts with us. We need to make that decision. See, it's not... It's not what we did in our past or the hurts that have happened that we try to cover up that will bring peace into our relationships. It's the peace of God. It's being at peace with God. Romans 5.1 tells us, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God, not just by ourselves, but here's the reason, because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. He did that for us. We have peace with God. Yet, to a certain degree, we're not worthy. None of us are worthy to stand before a holy and perfect God. But because of what Jesus has done, because He's worthy, we can stand before God, being at peace with God. And when we're at peace with God, it changes everything about our relationships. Are you at peace with God? Do you have peace with God? When you're not at peace with God, it'll be very difficult, virtually impossible, to bring peace into your relationships. Because you must first be at peace with God. it only lasts for a little while if you're not at peace with God. But when you're at peace with God, it's eternal. Yeah, you'll have your ups and downs, but there's an inner peace and inner joy. We were uh, on vacation uh some time ago, and uh, we were in this condo so we could cook food, and, and, and Heidi was cooking breakfast, and we had some friends, and, and everybody was cooking. Uh, and I saw a lot of smoke in the kitchen because of bacon. You know, everybody loves bacon, but sometimes it makes smoke, and so I had smoke in there, and, and they're making pancakes and all these things. And, and a lot of things were happening in the kitchen. And so I said, hey, do you need help? You need help? No, we got it. I said, well, let me help with this. Let me do this. And I'm trying to help. And they're trying to make rice. And everybody makes rice different. You can measure with your finger. You can use a cup. You can put water. What you can do. So everybody does differently. And so I'm in there. And if you're cooking, I'm speaking to a lot of you who cook in your kitchen. When you're cooking, and you know where everything is, you know what needs to be done, isn't it frustrating when somebody comes in and says, oh, no, I can help you. I got this. I got that. It's frustrating. It's not that you don't want their help. It's, you don't want their help. So that's where Heidi was at, and she was just making everything. And so I'm trying to help, and then, and then she says this. She goes, why don't you go outside and look at the ocean? I said, what? So I could tell she was frustrated. So I didn't get mad at her. I got hurt. Not angry. I got hurt. Not cry baby kind, so I still tough. So I walked outside, and I sat on the lanai, and so I just sat there, and I'm doing my devotion, so I'm sitting there, and I did look at the ocean, just to enjoy the ocean scenery. And I sat there, and I'm, I'm now talking to the Lord, and I'm saying, why, why did she have to treat me like that? Why did she have to say that? I wasn't, I wasn't doing anything wrong. And then I started to put together some scenarios. I said, you know what? When they ask for us to gather together... I'm going walking. I'm not going to eat. You know what? They like me eat. They got to wait. And if they ask me, the pastor, to pray, I'm going to say, you pray. That's what I'm going to say. Now, this is while I'm doing my devotions, which is reading the word of the holy God. So pastors struggle too. I'm sitting there and I'm reading... And I'm grumbling with the Lord, and I'm saying, why this, why that? And so I have all my ammunition on how wrong Heidi was. All my ammunition. And then I say, Lord, I, 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 have, my, I have my say. I have my arsenal. I'm ready to go. And then the Lord says, says yes, yeah, sh- you-, you did get hurt. I said, yeah, that hurt me. And he says, you had no choice of the hurt. I said, yeah. I had no choice. She hurt me. Then he said this. He said, but you're choosing to stay hurt. Oh, I said, "Whatever's, <laughs> Whatever. And I got stuck right there while doing my devotions. And, and this is what I, I said. I said, Lord, you're right. I'm choosing to stay hurt. And I said, Lord, I release that to you. That was not her intent. That was not her heart at all. And so I release that to you. So, Lord, I choose to be good with you. I pray for your peace. The moment I pray that, I feel a little embrace on my side. And it's Heidi. And she hugs me and she says, I'm so sorry for what I said. And she says, you guys clapping for her? (laughs) And And she says, I'm so sorry. Do you forgive me? I said, no. I didn't say that. I said, sure. This is what the Lord spoke to me at that very moment. He said, I was waiting for you to be at peace with me so that she could be at peace with you. And sometimes we wait for people, but God is waiting for us. He's saying, until you are at peace with me, you're never going to be at peace with anyone. Because we stay hurt. We're going to get hurt. We, we can't avoid being hurt. But we can sure choose not to stay there. It's up to us, and God holds us accountable for that. Some of us get hurt, and then we we, 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 we feel we've gotten over it, we, we've suppressed it, we've pushed it on the side, and we feel we won that war. Then we get hurt again. We say, no, nope, I'm going to build a wall. I'm going to be strong. No, nope, put that hurt on the side. And then I do something else. I get hurt. No, nope, put that on side. You get hurt so much that you become a hard-hearted person and you feel you're stronger. And you feel that, no, I want all these wars. Nobody's going to take me down. And you become a bitter, angry, frustrated person. And you don't even know it. Someone said it this, this way. When it came to war... They said, we won the war. But the challenge is not that we won the war. The challenge is now we have to win the peace. See, many of us have won wars. We've been through the battles. We've been through all kinds of uh, struggles in life. But God doesn't want us to win the wars. He wants us to win the peace. And it's the peace of God. That's what will guard our hearts and minds. And it will be in Christ Jesus. Romans 15, 13. It says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in Him. Here's the blessing. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. See, God wants to empower us. He wants to give us that confident hope. Do you have confident hope? If you don't have confident hope, Jesus offers that. And it's the peace of God. He wants us to have peace in our relationships. But He holds us accountable to bring that into our relationships. It's up to you and I. The question is, will we? You can close your Bibles and put away your notes. I want to read the scripture that I, I read in the beginning that Jesus gave to us. And it's His Word that He gives to us. And He says, Peace I leave with you. In other words, He doesn't talk about peace. He gives it to us. And He leaves it with us. doesn't force it upon us. He just leaves it with us. It's up to us to pick it up. My peace I give to you. Not, that as, not as the world gives do I give to you. And what He's saying is, You're going to you're going to feel two kinds of peace. A peace that comes from the outside and then a peace that comes from the inside. He said, that's the kind of peace I want to give to you. Not the kind that the world offers, but the kind that comes from me. Let not your your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. We're going to go through tough seasons. In this world, he says, you will. In the world, you will have tribulation. But He said, be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. We're going to pray together, and that's what we're going to pray. It would bring this kind of peace into our relationships. I'm going to ask if you would bow your heads with me and just take this time to settle some things in your heart and be with the Lord right now. And as I pray, it'll just guide and 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 lead in this prayer, but you have this time with the Lord. And Father, our, our heart is we want this kind of peace. And Some of us experience it, sometimes we stray from it, but we need your peace. Help us to be the kinds of people that understand that it's an inner peace that gives us an inner joy. But we must take initiative because you leave it with us. It's, it's a peace that you give to us. But we must pray, we must ask and give you thanks. And it's a week like this, Thanksgiving, that we're reminded of your peace and your comfort. But for many of us, Lord, we we are not at peace with you. I know there's some here this morning with every head bowed and eyes closed. If if you're here this morning and you're saying, boy, I don't don't have peace with God because I, I don't know what that means. I don't know how to get there. Well, we're made at peace with God through Jesus Christ. And if you've never given your heart to Jesus Christ, I'm going to give you that opportunity right now. I'm going to say a prayer. And you're going to give your heart to Jesus Christ. And if you've never given Jesus your heart, ever, and you want to, I'm going to ask if you'd be so bold to just lift a hand, and I want to pray with you. Good. If you if you want to give Jesus your heart this morning, just lift a hand. Good. I want to pray with you. Good. God, sees your hands. Good, you're saying, I want to receive Jesus this morning. Good, good, good. Many hands. God sees your hands. Anybody else? You're saying, I want to receive Jesus this morning. Good. Okay, you can put your hands down. In fact, let's all pray this prayer together. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean and make me brand new. I believe in you, Jesus that you died for me and that you rose from the grave to give me eternal life. And so I thank you in Jesus' name. Lord, that's our prayer this morning. For many of us, even as Christians, we say that we want peace, but from time to time we stray. And so, Lord, as Christians, we want to be peacemakers. We're part of your family. And so help us as Christians to be the people who go out into the world and let people know what a wonderful God you are and how they, too, can be at peace with you. We pray all of these things in Jesus' name, and we all said, amen.